Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. And just like that, it's the end of Hawkeye. Um, after six, yep, six episodes, we did a recap for the first three, and now we're going to do our final. Well, it sounds like it's <laughs> the end, the end of everything. Um, <laughs> just the second part. Just the second part um, of where everything. I can't even remember what our predictions were. What we wanted. I know we wanted references to multiverse. We. I don't think we quite got what we wanted or what we were presuming might happen um but it it went in different ways but it was interesting it was still uh interesting and going into episode four i did like uh, well it's very much split into two parts isn't it episode four um it's very much homing in more character, not character building as much for Clint Barton because we've spent so many years with his character, but it's more character characters building in the sense of their partnership and their relationship as partners within this mission or, you know, little, yeah, little kind of mission that they've been going on over the past few days in order to get to the end. But the one thing I must say that I do like that this series has done is, and of course, we get the big reveal of Yelena coming in uh-huh. into um, episode four. But I do like the kind of the focus on his struggle, so to speak, with the passing of Natasha. Uh-huh. Because I do feel you've got it was my only criticism of Endgame. I think that, yeah, it was in Endgame, not Infinity War, Endgame, was that, and completely justified, there was obviously this massive scene for Tony, for the passing of Tony Stark's character, the big funeral scene, all the moments that followed after that, but there wasn't anything as as just for Natasha. Mm, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Also paid like a massive sacrifice and was a massive part. Like I know we then got a Black Widow film, but which was obviously set before. So yeah, I, I just felt there was kind of like a, a a beat skipped, so to speak. There obviously was. It's not that they didn't mention it. There's there's some references and there's chats about it and all that type of stuff. But I feel I feel it could have been paid slightly more equal attention to. Tony's passing which was obviously completely understandable because that's also a a huge character but they both are extremely important and they both make the ultimate sacrifice to achieve what they ended up achieving Um, so it's quite nice that you're getting these moments with Clint or still coming to terms and it obviously really affecting him due to the relationship he had with Natasha and you kind of you get the flashbacks of Endgame of, of it all happening and stuff like that. So it's I, I feel they've they've put a layer, um, and I know we differ as so to speak on the series as a whole. But I feel they've put a layer onto the Hawkeye character, which was very much needed, um, 
because you I, I just don't feel you got and I know that's more so because you don't get the independent films like you got with Thor and Iron Man and Captain America and everything like that but I feel this is this is the layer Hawkeye required to his character that for me personally has made me enjoy this series this Marvel series probably the same I like I still absolutely love division but this is coming this is easily coming in now as my second is because i'm just i just really enjoy the human side of clint barton's character um and the way he goes about being a superhero so to speak um i I just love that I, i love the layer that has been installed on him that was very much a big part of episode four before going into the penultimate episode and then the finale I mean, what what yeah. do you what do you think on that side of things? Do you think it has been a good character development for him? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I do agree with um, with most of what you said. That like, yeah, Natasha didn't really get like a, a decent send off, considering like you know the ultimate sacrifice that she made for you know for Endgame to be achieved, really. Um, and I, I to be honest, I wasn't surprised that this series were going to kind of well, that the series kind of got into it, really, because we were always saying that Yelena was always coming, you know, uh, the Black Widow film. I mean, after watching that, I, I would have been surprised if Yelena hadn't featured in Hawkeye. I felt that, like, the Black Widow film was very much a setup for her, to introduce her character, like, to meet Cliff, Bar- you know, Barton, and, um, and to essentially just have, well, be the next generation, really, of Black Widow to, to get involved. So... Yeah, it wasn't too surprising from uh, that aspect. But yeah, it, there was some... That was one of the things I did like about the series, is that, like, from that emotional side, they did, um, like, in terms of Hawkeye and kind of knowing that, I mean, they, they did nail that. Um, so, like, I, I think that was kind of... Achieved. For me, a lot of this series has been very much about... Um, it's interesting, because I find... I think with Black Widow and Hawkeye, like the Black Widow film and the Hawkeye series, both of them for me are not really about the main characters. They are like very much set up platforms almost for this younger generation of characters coming through. I think they do achieve that. I, I think it's kind of funny that they're like branded as, you know, straight Black Widow and straight kind of Hawkeye when actually it's very much split between, you know, Black Widow it was very much, uh, you know, Yelena's platform really um i thought actually scott well black widow or natasha romanoff uh you know got sidelined quite a lot in her own film which was kind of funny but also you know made sense in a way uh considering obviously she dies off like you know pretty soon afterwards um and also like other characters as well like you know the red guardian that we had as well um and then hawkeye you know hawkeye has just set up a, a bunch of new characters really you know kate bishop and um maya the this kind of you know Death henchman kingpin of course bringing him into you know the the, the fold um jack duquane who turns out to be actually like well not much really at the moment still so and you know again and yelena as well bringing her back into like the the marvel series and giving her um like you know we see in episode five how she experiences the blip and which I thought was actually quite a surreal and interesting way of experiencing it, that she was at someone's house and then she's at the house like five years later, like, 
what the hell happened? Like, why did, are the wolves all painted differently? <laughs> yeah, I did like that. The whole that whole like second where almost she's awake for the moment of the wolves changing color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that like I have liked in the instance and we have got that more in the series haven't we you've got it in WandaVision as well of showing how the blip actually actually worked out for people yeah, yeah. It's like disappearing into them coming back instantly but to everybody else it was five years yeah it was a bit more personal I think in this series I think you know in kind of uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier we saw it more as a sort of worldwide concept that you know and how it was discussed which was also interesting as well um but this one became much more about that yeah that personal experience and obviously you know i mean poor yelena like one minute she's there kind of you know doing missions and freeing black widows and the next minute like her sisters died from self-sacrifice and the world is completely different and she's been dead for five years and you know she doesn't know which way is up so it's uh yeah definitely um not a very nice nap to wake up from, I think, for her. So, um, yeah, that was quite interesting. But, yeah, so, I mean, you know, I think this show, like, served a lot for um, setting up all these characters, really. Um, I have to say, I was quite surprised that Kingpin was introduced in episode five, only to kind of die in episode mm-hmm. six. I mean, I, I, I don't I think, think he, he dies. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, Kingpin, like, never really dies, considering he's, like, just a really big kind of, you know, so I mean, supposedly kind of just normal person, really. But he always seems to have like super strength and just. And I was just everything. about to say he always seems to have super strength, always from like the comics, and yeah. like, you see him in um, even into the Spider Verse as well, being yeah. like larger than life and being able to take on everyone. And in this, he gets hit by a car at quite a considerable speed and still just gets up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I have to say, like. I wish they had brought him in as a character kind of earlier in the series because I, I felt that this series was like almost like a series of two halves, like where the first half set up a load of characters and storylines, which then didn't really amount to much, or they were kind of connected to the second part. It was it was connected in a way, but it, it just felt that like I think you know, like you had characters like Jack Duquesne who was building up to be this kind of villain and, you know, a guy who's the CEO of this company that's being, you know, having their money laundered and stuff like that. And then in the end, he basically was an eccentric stepdad. Uh, who, in the really end, he ends thing. up being more the character we thought he was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We were saying he was like, reminded me of um, Robotnik. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but God, yeah. He actually ends up being like, almost like an Antonio Banderas Zorro character. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that tongue in cheek. Yeah. Kind of uh, three musketeers, puss in boots. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he's an amalgamation of all those four people. Yeah, and I mean, and you know, actually, it's funny because like since we kind of made that robotic reference, like every time he was on screen smiling, I just couldn't help but think, like, God, you are so robotic. Like it's it, you know, he and because it's funny because you know, in, in the Sonic movie, it's played by Jim Carrey, and like this character Jack Duquesne could almost be Jim Carrey's dad. (laughs) You know, like like a kind of older, awkward Jim Carrey stepdad. But um, yeah, so that was kind of interesting a little bit, but you know, um, and again, like the Trapsy Mafia, like they featured really like a lot as the main kind of antagonists in the first half. And I, I, you know, as I said in the last episode, I thought they were kind of just really goofy and silly and, 
you know, there's this reliance on like really over the top Russian accents that sometimes gets a little bit like eye rolling with like how much they depend on it for like the comic aspect of it. Mm. And for me, I just didn't find it that funny because what they were saying was just, I don't know, as I said, it was just a little bit ironic. Sometimes I felt that almost the humor was for maybe younger children. And and that's kind of why I felt at points within Hawkeye that there was almost like this, like even some of the, the action and stuff that it was kind of almost kid friendly in a way that it was like a little bit goofy and stuff. And, you know, I can appreciate that, but I just thought that, you know, like, I, I think I had, like, a kind of similar criticism from the first half that I, I think sometimes the writing wasn't as good as it could have been, and it wasn't as funny, and some and for these characters, I, I, didn't, I didn't have a problem with it, like, much of the acting. I think all the actors are very capable, uh, and they pulled off, like, the emotional parts well, but when it came to giving a bit more energy and, like, having a bit more kind of zinging comedy and lines that land, I think that... I, I felt that Hawkeye kind of missed the mark on a few things, but that's like, you know, a personal opinion. As I said, I thought maybe some of the humor and stuff could have been, you know, other people would probably enjoy it in, in a way like it's, it's kind of maybe a bit more like lighthearted than I like it. Um, but then I don't know. It's kind of a bit weird because obviously like you have characters which are dealing with like quite heavy stuff as well. So I don't know. They could have just made it a little bit more zingy for me, but um, yeah. So I, in terms of, yeah, the second half kind of compared to the first half, I think that they could have, there were elements in the second half of the series that I really liked, like introducing Kingpin um, and having her mum kind of be the villain, you know, um, pulling the strings, really. But I felt that those things could have been incorporated a little bit earlier to give the show a bit more gravitas, because I think at the beginning I was kind of just feeling like, oh, this Tracksy Mafia, like, what is their connection? they're not even that much of a threat, you know, like Kate Bishop can take them out. And, you know, then in the end, Jack Duquesne is like sword fighting them in the street and taking them out. And it's like, these guys are kind of a bit of a joke, but then having someone like Kingpin in there, it changes everything. It's like, Oh my God. Okay. Like he's a real, I mean, he's, he's a character so connected to like different, you know, heroes within the Marvel universe. He's been there for years and he's always kind of this New York gangster who's Mm. behind the scenes. And as we said, he's also, you know, he's not a, a guy with superpowers, yet it feels like he is because he's always able to be really strong, get away with things, kind of always be there, like pulling the strings behind the scenes. So I don't know. I wish I, we'd had a bit more of him, you know, and also like, you know, having, you know, uh, Vincent Donofrio, yeah, yeah. you know, from, I mean, you know, from films like Full Metal Jacket and, it, you know, more recently, like Jurassic World. I mean, he's a, a big time actor in terms of the way he can just, you know, especially for these sorts of characters, which are like these menacing men, you know, which are, have that glint of crazy in their eye. Um, yeah, I, w- I just wish we'd seen more of him kind of earlier on um, to kind of add more seriousness to the situation and just make it a bit more intense, you know? I, th- I think it could. I think it could have um, It could have added. It wouldn't have taken anything away and it would have just added stuff. And you're right, if we had him in episode five as well as episode six, yeah, I mean, he, uh, I think it would be good to see his relationship with her mum change. Yeah, not just come straight in and they're like, and this partnership we've had for years. It could have been in what it was like in the partnership and then ending the partnership, so to speak. So we have more of that. Exactly, like kind of you know showing him as a businessman as well as a gangster, and then like 
him like turning nasty and that whole thing kind of happening and and again you know like it's funny because with Kate Bishop's mum you know who's played by Vera Flamingo who I thought what was quite funny is that you know in Godzilla King of Monsters we had seen her as like this mum again who <laughs> you know, has like her daughter's best intentions at heart and then ends up being the bad guy and turning on like everything and you know seeing her here play that sort of similar character I thought was quite funny because it's like I didn't. That's You're always the villain. <laughs> yeah, that didn't even click. But it's exact same trait, isn't it? Exact yeah, same yeah. trait. And she's the way, in Godzilla. She's got Millie Bobby Brown as her daughter, isn't she? And she's yeah. always her best interest at heart, but at the same time, happy to cause a world apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. When when I saw this, it was you know, and then she starts to justify, you know, having her reasons for justification, like your father owed a lot of money, all this stuff, and it's like, okay, yeah, so justify all that, you know, all that criminality and. And, murder, and also framing your like fiance and killing his uncle and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're doing it for the the good of of, of your company, right? <laughs> yeah, so, that that was kind of funny. But yeah, I mean, you know, so the second half, there were like the highlights for me. Uh, you know, Florence Pugh coming in, that's always great as Yelena. Um, again, I did think that sometimes there were. I like some of the Yelena banter, but sometimes it does get a little bit too much of like that nicey kind of friendly, you know, thing that they were playing on, like on screen at the moment, I've got the macaroni thing. And then she's like, going on like, oh, macaroni, macaroni and cheese. So good. So good. And it's like, all right, all right, all right. Like, you know, you're hammering the joke almost to the point where it's like, we get it. Like she's Russian and she's been deprived of a normal life. And now macaroni is like, incredible for her you know so actually and there was one thing that i realized actually in this series is that if yelena is like such a well-trained agent surely her english would be without a russian accent what do you think about that because she's a spy so technically her her english should be perfect english but maybe i mean she is a spy but, but i think she's more an assassin um, so I, I feel there's probably less conversation happening. In her. <laughs> <laughs> she is she is coming in at the last possible second and either taking out people from a distance or taking them out at like two o'clock in the morning in the middle of the night. <laughs> if she's going to talk, she wants them to know that she's a Russian assassin, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly Yeah, it. that's a good point, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, well, I did uh, I completely agree with you there. There was two... Uh, I, I do like the banter that she has with Kate Bishop, but I feel she could have been harsher. Yeah, yeah. I feel, I feel there needed to be a bit more harshness in her, and I feel... Uh, the scene in the final episode where they're kind of she's trying to pursue Clint Barton, Kate Bishop's getting in her way. Uh, I I feel Yelena probably should have stepped further over the mark to kind of put Kate Bishop in her place as she moved along to. Do Do you think that was to do with like? Because I've been wondering this, and I think with Haley Steinfeld as as you know a, as Kate Bishop. She's a great actress, but I feel that she has so much uh, of an audience with a younger audience that I feel that maybe they angled some of the writing towards that younger audience in a way, which then, you know, you give up a little bit more of that adult relationship that she has with Clint, you know, with um, with Hawkeye in terms of because they had some like good banterous moments, but it was almost like I, don't, I always felt that she was like a kid, um, like 
keeping up with the adults, you know, and but then she's dealing with like, you know, Hawkeye and Kingpin and Yelena and, you know, like these really, you know, gritty characters actually with like pretty dark backstories. And she's actually like this kind of you know, a rich girl who is, you know, like loves archery really. And, you know, um, yeah, I felt that like maybe they could have made it a bit more sassy or sarky or something around that, or, you know, just to give it a bit more, of a zing as i said like earlier like i felt that sometimes that was missing from like the, the script that you didn't really have those like yeah like those killer lines that landed and were like you know made it truly funny do you feel similar or yeah i mean she is like uh kept in her own age slot so to speak even though she is dealing with stuff which is you know completely the other end of the spectrum i mean i've i've like i've said before Haley steinfeld is a great actress and i find her comedic timing is brilliant at first from when i saw her in bumblebee um which to this day is probably equal with the best transformers movie they've made um she she brings a lot and like the but i feel they should have allowed her um her lessons so to speak as dealing with being a superhero and the repercussions of what clint barton says multiple times yeah maybe should have been harsher like i feel there should have been like a i don't know what um you call them the wrist weapon that the black widows have like I, i feel it probably would have made more sense that yelena probably like took her out unconscious with one of those before she can still like come back to consciousness and do all the things at the end of the episode that she ended up doing anyway but like i said even if i don't know just shot her in the shoulder or something something like it's 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 progression in she obviously does a lot of fighting and that lot and gets her scrapes and bruises but it's also my it's also like it's laying it out on the line in the way that Clint Barton describes to her. You have to do people in his profession have to do if they need to take it to the next step or, or do that for life. You have to make those sacrifices. Yeah. So it'd be nicer for like a slightly bit more of a physical sacrifice. I feel for her character, mainly in the, in the last episodes, it would, I think it would have just added to the development better of her, like coming into this life because Obviously, uh, well, I think it's obvious you're going to get more Hawkeye and Kate Bishop. Yeah. I feel that's it's it's a given. You know, if you look at the reviews across the board, it's general consensus. It's it's pretty well liked. Um, it's I think it's a seven point nine out of ten on IMDb, where One Division sits at a solid eight. So you know, it's it's pretty much sitting on par with One Division. In the terms of user reviews, but may, maybe we might get more. But I'm yeah, a hundred percent. She does appeal to a younger audience, and that is where I feel you're going to have this common theme now with certain characters. Miss Marvel is going to appeal to a younger audience. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, this they're I, setting up for young. There's the young Marvel heroes as well, right? Or yeah, the, you can do young so you Avengers. Can have young Avengers, really, because yeah. you can have Miss Marvel, you can have Kate Bishop, you can have Iron Heart, which will come when she does her series. Um, yeah, so yeah, there's a lot of um, 
and Cassie Lang, if she's still in it, she could yeah. end up being a, a, a different Wasp or different Ant-Man incarnation. Um, yeah, yeah I, I felt that, yeah, I, it, it does feel like a lot of this was a setup for that young Avengers kind of... And I... I think maybe that's also like why there were at points I felt like almost too much talking in in Hawkeye. This is kind of one of my criticisms about the series is that like the action was quite cool, like when it came, but there was just a lot of con contextual building. Um, kind of, I, I found more so than the other series we've had in like this these kind of Phase Four series that like because I'm comparing this mainly to um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Because they're both six episode ser series, you know, which, well, I suppose Loki was as well. Mm. Um, so, like, in, when you're comparing that, those timelines, I felt that those series were able to achieve more in the six episodes than, um, than Hawkeye was, you know, like in terms of, I think, building out the world and building out the timeline. I felt that Hawkeye was very much. Um, I mean, it, it kind of does build out in a way, you know, it does set up the stage for the other ones, but it, I felt they just didn't do as much for the world. And also there were other things which kind of were kind of interesting as well, because it's all set in New York as well. And we only have like, you know, Hawkeye and Kate Bishop there when, you know, we also have Spider-Man in kind of New York at the same time with things happening. So then it's like, okay, when are these, and obviously Kingpin being like a massive Spider-Man enemy, you know, it, it was, like, are, are all these things happening at the same time? Are they going to cross over? I mean, I, I feel that, that that will, like, Kingpin will play a big part in both because he always has. But, mm. you know, for this series, I don't know. I just felt that it didn't involve much more of the kind of greater world at hand. It was much more, like, I think based on the characters. And I don't think that's wrong. It just, um, I don't know. As I said, I think, I, I think for me, it was kind of, it gave less gravitas to the series in a way, you know. Um, but you know, it, but it did also serve a purpose in, in introducing these characters. And I have to say, I, you know, in the last episode, there was some really cool action scenes. You know, I think the ice skate ring, where the you know you had the tracksuit mafia kind of pouring out of every staircase and you know manhole cover. You know, that was actually quite fun as a series. And watching Kate Bishop and Hawkeye finally kind of combining and you know doing their thing and flinging arrows here and all their trick arrows and you know, explosions and, you know, bits of goo flying out and whatnot, you know, I mean, that was quite fun. Um, yeah, so, and then there were some emotional scenes as well, but, you know, I, I don't know, I, I, at points, maybe I felt it could have been tight enough a little bit just to keep the energy up a bit, because, yeah, when you have young characters like this, with a lot of talking, sometimes it feels a little bit almost like stop-starty, you know, and, and some part, parts of the series were energetic and some were a little bit more drawn out, I think, for me. Yeah. Mm. What's your kind of overall? Um, where would you see this sit in from the current lineup of Marvel series that we've had? D Discontinuing what if, um, but the live action ones from Wanda, Loki, and Falcon in the Winter Soldier. Where does this kind of sit for you in a ranking? Well, I mean, you know, in terms of, you know, I think from. If people have listened to our previous podcast, I mean, I really liked Loki. I thought Loki was really, really fun and just like really over the top and 
interesting. That's probably my favorite one. Um, then I think One Division, and then I think this kind of sits with Falcon and Winter Soldier. Really, I don't. I may. I, I think I preferred Falcon and Winter Soldier overall when, in terms of pacing and some of the story beats and stuff. So I, for me, this kind of sits more to the bottom end. But that doesn't mean that it's like a bad series. I mean, I know I, I, I think the second half did pick up in Hawkeye in terms of the series because in the first half, I found I found the first two episodes fairly boring actually I have to say and I think overall um it does get better as a series but they could have just made it tighter and more energetic and a bit more zany and fun in a way that you know is kind of young but also fresh you know I don't know I just felt that like there were there were elements I liked of it but I just didn't find that the whole thing flowed so it probably comes like last for me but I don't think that it, it's not worth watching, you know, especially if you're a Marvel fan. There's like plenty to take away from it and like lots of characters that get introduced. I just think that they were not used as fully as possible, but that's probably because they're going to be used so much more later on. You know, all the young Avengers and Kingpin and, you know, and even like, you know, um, you know, Barton's wife, you know, the fact that the watch, you know, the Rolex watch was connected to her and that's a bit of intrigue as well. And, you know, like, what's going to come next or that i mean there are things in this series that are set, that have been set up that i think going forward will be great to watch i just feel that like this one very much felt like a a bridge almost in a way you know that it it, it connected a lot of these characters to the next kind of phase so it's a necessary series but i just think it could have been done a bit more effectively as i said if they'd brought in like kingpin earlier and like had some you know, bigger, well, like a more of a threat or more of a something to kind of really get your like claws into, really. You know, uh, as like a concept. I just felt with that with this one, it's like okay, they've introduced like young characters and there's like you know, a new phase, but like all the series were kind of doing that in a way. Just that this one, you know, it, I suppose there was that younger element really that kind of get the kids on board, you know. <laughs> I mean, one thing we're going to have to deal with is we're going to have to deal with living in that Marvel New York world where so much goes on in New York. Yeah. So many superheroes seem to be down the street from each other, but never see each other. Yeah. <laughs> and they all seem to be saving the world at the same time. But if you grew up reading all these comics, that's just what happens. Yeah. You know? So Spider-Man will save the world three blocks down from yeah. <laughs> from Hawkeye saving the world to Daredevil saving the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, think, so, I, I think something like that. Saving happens in those New York streets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, th- I, I would have liked to have seen a bit of a Spider-Man reference or something. I think it would have been really funny if he had, like, swung on through on, on one scene or something like that, just to have him as, like... A J. Jonah Jameson yeah. would have been, like, you know, if they were just flicking through yeah. the news. And and he was like the menace that is Spider Man, blah blah blah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just a, like that. A little motif to it, just because it's like it's New York, and you know it's it's territory and stuff. So yeah, it's um, it was yeah, it would have been quite funny, but you know. Well, as you know, with me, I kind of for me it was kind of the opposite. I in the mm-hmm. sense that I I thoroughly enjoyed this mm-hmm. series, and it just. It just pipped Loki for me. Now, I loved Loki, um, but there was parts of Loki near the end. It just went a bit in other directions. Not of directions. I just, I don't know. There wasn't, there were some bits that were amazing. And then other bits that I was like, ah. Um, and, but 
overall as a series, I absolutely loved it. And I hold most of these series to quite a high esteem so far. So they are really, you know, kind of, um, they're continuing on from what they do in the cinema in the very much they're keeping it a very high standard Marvel. And it's such a testament to the people that are in control of this whole entire juggernaut to keep the series continually evolving at the same time as keeping them interesting. But then again, we are talking about a company that has done it for 80 odd years uh, in comic books weekly across multiple different characters. So if that's the case, then maybe they can quite easily do 80 odd years in the film and television world, can't they? So I thoroughly enjoyed Hawkeye. I'm very much looking forward to haven't seen Spider-Man yet. Seeing Spider-Man, I'm, I'm mm. stopping myself from watching the Doctor Strange trailer in the in the fact that it might lead on directly from yeah. something that's happened in Spider-Man. <laughs> so seeing Spider-Man on the 29th. So then hopefully, then I can watch the Doctor Strange trailer. And even though I haven't seen Eternals yet, because it's been hard to go to cinema over here, more so, yeah. you know, if you're trying to be precautious before Christmas and all that type of jazz. Yeah. Um, so, but I'm going to see the Eternals when it comes to Disney Plus mid-Jan, but on Mid the uh, oh no, like 12th. I think it's 11th or 12th. It comes free on Disney Plus. Um, but then we also have the return of Star Wars and the return of Book of Boba Fett. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. What if we can pick one thing? It might be hard to pick one thing. Can you give me either a Star Wars character or something you're most looking forward to seeing in the Book of Boba Fett? I think um, as a, uh, you know, like ever, every Boba fan, I'm looking forward to seeing how, because um, I've seen it kind of in the comics, like how he survives the Sarlacc pit. Uh, and I, but I want to see the live action version of it. And like, I'm looking forward to like, hopefully that, starting with a flashback. Yeah, exactly. What like that be? Yeah. Like some sort because, you know, we, in the Mandalorian, he was such a, like, I mean, it was so epic when he came in that, but we never got to see his history of up until that point. So for me, I re I'm really looking forward to seeing some of that history from him being on Jabba's, you know, floating barge to the, you know, to some point of recovery, you know, like I I'm looking forward to seeing that, you know, and, and how he gets help, where he gets help from, you know, what, what state he's in that, that for me is, I I'm just, you know, as, as a Boba fan for so long. Yeah, it's just always been something that I'm I'm looking forward to seeing on the screen, and you know, like from Mandal Mandalorian, how fucking amazing that was. I mean, I, I really feel that they're going to do that justice, so I, I can't wait to see that. I, well, I, I mean, I hope that's it. To be honest, I'm looking forward to the whole series anyway. But that kind of bit of like key history building, you know, like I said, if seeing it on the screen will be really exciting. I'm right. I'm, hope I'm hoping for. Well, a few elements which, well, I'm still hoping and waiting for the live action debut of an Inquisitor Sith. I'm mm. very, at some point, I'm hoping we're going to get that as we've had them feature in the animated series. But um, a few, like Bosk, I don't know if Bosk the bounty hunter is still around mm. at, at this particular time period or not. We'd love to see, or characters like Cad Bane, 
characters from the animation that we've seen heavily portrayed in the Clone Wars or the um, Bad Batch then coming over to... Uh, but, but, you know, maybe this is the right series to introduce in the same way that, you know, you're putting in a character just to, for face value so you can really appreciate him going on. Um, and now I've completely forgotten his name. I don't know why. <laughs> um, uh, well, bear with me. Star Wars knowledge has gone completely out of my head. Um, on Christmas break. Everyone will know who I'm talking about. Um, when I say blue general character from the books and from Rebels uh, and uh, rival to Ahsoka, Thorn, Thrawn. God. Oh, Thrawn, yeah. <laughs> I just completely general Admiral Thrawn. I completely just, <laughs> his face was in my mind and he just completely blanked on a name and then I couldn't think of anybody's name. Um, <laughs> but I feel if we're going to get him in Ahsoka, which I believe we are, yeah. It it might be a good thing to do those soft introductions in the sense that just have him feature in like an episode or or what maybe one or two episodes to just embed start of the story because mm-hmm. there's we're getting this now we're getting these Star Wars series or very similar to how the Marvel Cinematic Universe is run where they're all running on the same timeline Mandalorian Book of Boba Fett Ahsoka. And I think maybe one or so of the others all running on the same timeline. So it'd be quite interesting, you know, where we get characters can appear in one and appear in the other. The Mandalorian supposedly is appearing in this series anyway. So I I like that element. I like how the Star Wars world can now do a live action way of what the Marvel world have been doing and have certain characters jump in and out because it just allows you to build on these characters in an easier way than having to dedicate so much time to them in any particular series when you can sprinkle them across two or three. Absolutely. The same goes for, you know, bringing characters in and out of films, you know, that like you don't have to have them dedicated just to one film and where they kind of only live, in you know you can have them like sprinkled throughout and yeah i mean that's what i'm looking forward to with like book of boba is having the um well you know it's like also being able to connect um events from return of the jedi to mandalorian you know which comes what five five years afterwards i believe um yeah so like having that in between time as well and you know the post empire galaxy really i mean Oh, you know, we we've really been enjoying things like Bad Batch, and you know, lots of people love Rogue One as well. Like to see those in between times, and you know, because there's just so much that can be told from those times, and like so much that we don't really know as fans that can be explored, and just and we, you know, as as we've said, like that's one of the reasons why Bad Batch was so effective in that, like it was really a you know able to show the transition, you know, from clones to real troopers and that empire kind of way of thinking and how the empire was moving and growing their influence. And yeah. So like, you know, I think book of Boba has a good chance to show like, yeah, the post empire galaxy and what people were like. And cause there must've been like, whilst it was, Oh yeah. Okay. We're free from tyranny. Now there also must be like smaller, also very lethal tyrannies that kind of rise up and try and take the empire's place or gangsters that yeah. come back and, and get involved. And so like actually someone like a bounty hunter would be, in good business and like going on lots of kind of missions or whatnot, you know, and through that we can learn about like exactly what state the galaxy was in and 
and you know how things were kind of unfolding for and then you know bring in like obviously you know you with Luke becoming more of a Jedi afterwards and like going to the Jedi temple training and whatnot, like how, can that be brought in in a way and will they, their paths cross again? Who knows, you know? So you, know, you get, you can get more of the crime syndicates like Crimson Dawn and things like that, which, Absolutely. Yeah. which yeah. you could, you could really fluff out and put a, more, a lot more depth into the story of what happened behind the scenes of, yeah. you know, how Darth Maul, he ended up, uh, running Crimson Dawn, so maybe how he got there, I feel we're probably going to see Maul in some way, shape, or form in Obi Wan. Um, mm-hmm. yes, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've got we've got this timeline, which has been obviously everyone feels so we've completely covered this timeline, but there are huge gaps in it in the Skywalker saga between the three sets of trilogies. There's huge gaps where we can just go into and explore so many different things within that time because it's so vast and and you know the amount of different stories that marvel managed to you know dive into over a 10-year period then star wars can very much do the same yeah absolutely yeah and uh, as we always say that i mean that's just one of the things that we look forward to the most i think you know and Damn, Book of Boba is going to be cool. I mean, Mandalorian, they nailed us so well. And just, oh, just. Uh, as long as we have, uh, as long as um, Kathleen Kennedy keeps Filoni and Favreau, yeah. like, running those Simpsons. series yeah. for the moment, then I think I think we're in a very good place in the same way that Marvel's in a good place, having Kevin Feige run their shows. Yeah, yeah I agree. I agree. It's... Uh... Yeah, no, definitely something to look forward to at the end of the year, you know. Thank God I took the rest of the week off, because, you know. <laughs> yeah, are, are they all dropping together, the episodes, you know, or is it like a one uh, month? It's weekly, it? oh, one at a time. Or, I mean, I say that, they could start with two. I mean, I, I hope they do, because, you know, it is the holidays, so, you know. Well, there we go. I mean, I feel they should start with two. Yeah. But we'll see. <laughs> that well, thanks, everybody, for joining us, and we'll see you on the other side of Book of Boba Fett. <laughs>